sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Wednesday, July 22nd. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez. Every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m., I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, live and direct from the basement, giving out winners as we put the fun in functional sports content. And Kev, this MLS is back tournament is starting to get interesting as teams are playing their third matchup in the group stage. Remember, Kev, these are also regular season games. So regardless of where they are at the table, they are playing to get the full three points. And I got to tell you something, Kev, after last night's action or yesterday's action, I got to tell you, they need a recount of last year's MVP in the MLS because there is no way it was Vela of LAFC. I'm going to tell you right now, Kev, the MVP of the MLS was clearly Joseph Martinez of Atlanta United because without them, they have yet to score and they look pathetic. They go down to Columbus 1-0. Columbus wins the group, looks really good, but after all of this, there's only two teams so far guaranteed to go home. Expansion Miami and Atlanta United they are certainly missing Martinez, huh, Kev? Yeah, I guess uh, a little LeBron-esque uh, for Mr. Martinez. I-, I mean, no goal scored is tough, right? I mean, even like Inter-Miami scored in their first game, right? Like, yeah. no goal scored. And the, the, the worst of it all is that they only conceded once in each of – like, it was three one nothing defeats. So if they could have figured it out offensively, you know, you might be able to turn this. You might be able to talk yourself into them sitting at the top of the table. A couple two one wins. Uh, so it, it is obviously not what they wanted. Um, it does, though. I you know, it, it can provide them the opportunity to look through these three games and sort it out. Because really, you don't think that you know a season would be done because of three games. I don't know exactly off the top of my head how they handled those first two games to open up um, their season. But even still, it would be really hard after five games to have completely ruined your season. But, I mean, that is as unencouraging as you could possibly imagine uh, a start for Atlanta United. And, and one of the more interesting things when it comes to this group um, is the fact that Columbus has really left no doubt as to who was the top team in this group. And, in some ways, you know, it does beg the question, should this team be the favorites moving forward? Like, you look at it, they are potentially going to be the only team that sees nine full points taken out of the group stage. The only other team with a shot at doing it is going to be yeah. the Portland Timbers who are going to have to play LAFC. So you have to give a ton of credit, Dane, to Columbus and we talked about this yesterday. They kept mm-hmm. the clean sheet. No goals yeah. allowed in the group stage. 
just incredibly impressive uh, stuff from them. Yeah, they actually have looked very, very good. Probably one of the most impressive teams in the tournament. And I got to tell you about Columbus. You know, you got Zardis up top. I think another big thing, I don't know if you mentioned it before, Kev, is Darlington Nag. You know, this guy in the midfield has been absolutely as we welcome in our radio audience now, good morning and welcome here to the early line where we put the fun and functional sports content. And Kev, you know, Darlington Nagby, maybe he was the big difference, right? He was on Atlanta last year, now on Columbus, and they just look so much more fluid where Atlanta did not have any rhyme or reason, did not have any threat without Martinez. Another important game that happened yesterday was Montreal winning one nothing over D.C. United. And this was important. In the, um, in the kind of group standings, right, Kev? Because Montreal, with the win, they go from zero to three points, right? Remember I told you about NYC finishing in third place of their group yesterday? Well, they have a minus two goal differential. Montreal, with their win, gets to three points, and they improve their goal differential to minus one. So they are now above NYCFC for one of those Four third-place teams in the groups that advance to the knockout stage. Montreal, the impact, are still alive. And it is incredible, though, because we talked about this yesterday. We kept talking about, oh, well, D.C. United do this, and if D.C. United do that, right? right? And then we're like, well, hold on a second now. The Montreal Impact certainly do have a lot to play for. What is incredible about this result, though, Dane, is that D.C. United could have actually gone to the top of this table with a win, on five points, if they would have won by two goals through goal differential, they, they could have got themselves, you know, de- or depending on, on, on how things would have played out there, they could have got themselves to the top of this group. And instead, a full loss, no points gained, and they are now eliminated from the tournament. And now the impact, I mean, it would be pretty surprising, even though it's a minus one goal differential, I would say, for them to miss out on the knockout round when you consider that they already are ahead of one of the third-place teams in NYCFC because of right. goal differential. And if you continue to look through it, there's there's some encouraging things for NYCFC. you got to think they have a shot. But basically, if NYCFC is through, then so are the Montreal Impact. Yeah, absolutely. As we keep going on here, right, as each group finishes play, one of the things we will be looking at are those third-place to see kind of how those stack up. And as we do so, we already know that in Group A, it's NYCFC, but the minus two goal differential. Montreal gets in at the minus one goal differential. Also, Toronto and New England in that group with a goalless draw earlier yesterday to make that. When we come back, we look at the games today and what needs to happen for some of those third places. We come back right after we're off and running. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
All right, welcome back, everybody, here on the early line. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. Kev, you know, it's very, very interesting. We need to turn our attention now to today's MLS games where other groups are going to, you know, settle what they need to settle. And the first matchup here is Real Salt Lake. They are, you know, going up against Sporting Kansas City. But ironically, Sporting KC is the favorite, even though I believe RSL is, you know, occupying the top spot of the group. Which is massive, then, when you consider what's at play here, right? Because you look at it on its surface with Sporting KC currently slotted in third. You could say to yourself, listen, if Real Salt Lake come out here and have a dominant performance, all of a sudden you could start to feel, um, if you're an NYCFC backer, maybe a little bit of confidence still the Minnesota-Colorado game is going to matter to that. But if you know Real Salt Lake went out there and won by three goals, like all of a sudden now, it's a total game changer. But it would be naive to think that that is some type of foregone conclusion, even as you've mentioned here, that Real Salt Lake is going to win this game as Sporting KC still has an opportunity to get themselves to the top of this table with a win and then depending on the result right. in the Minnesota-Colorado game here, Dane. So a very, very interesting fixture to get us started at 9 a.m. Yep, you mentioned the Minnesota-Colorado game. Minnesota is your plus 105 favorite in this one. Minnesota also has a chance to be at the top of the group. Minnesota and RSL right now, like you mentioned, tied with four points. Minnesota will have the luxury of playing after Real Salt Lake and the Sporting KC game, so they'll kind of know what they need if they do, in fact, want to be at the top of the group. You know, we talk about this, and Kev, usually in soccer, right? Um, the last games of a group stage in the World Cup and other tournaments, they go off simultaneously for this exact reason, right? So a team won't have to know exactly what they need to do because, you know, they could go ahead and play more defensive if they only need a tie or something yeah. like that. It's interesting to me that in this MLS's back tournament, they are not doing that. They are still staggering the games so that team's kind of already in the clubhouse knowing what they need when they play their third game of the group stage. That's interesting, huh? Yeah, I, I guess, though, really, what other choice do they have? They, I don't think they would want to have them all playing at the same time because I don't then know. Do you really want to divide the eyes on the tournament as it is? I think you probably want to be able to, you know, get it where it may. And the schedule was set beforehand, so it's not as if you could, you know, say it's an unfair advantage. This is just how the schedule has come out. What a what an interesting spot here, though, because not only, of course, will Minnesota know whether you know they have to get X amount of points for first place, but Colorado will know whether they have a chance or not to get right. themselves into one of those third spots. If Salt Lake win the game, they have a shot. Any other result, draw or a sporting KC win, then... Colorado's chances are done. So this is a game, Dane, where you're probably better off waiting, I would say, right. on playing this one. At least certainly letting that 9 a.m. game play out because I know it can be dangerous to allow you know narratives to control your betting, but wh whether a team has the chance to go to you know third place and stay alive for the knockout stage or has literally nothing to play for, it's such a swing to me that... I would need to wait for that first result before I put anything down on Minnesota-Colorado. 
No, that does make sense. Yes, Colorado can get it done if they win and win big because they would have to make up a lot in goal differential. Kevin, one other point I will make, though, remember, it's not like they have nothing to play for because these group stage games do still count as regular season games in the MLS table. So even if Colorado has no chance to advance to the knockout stage of the MLS is back tournament, they still have the opportunity to get three or even one point for the regular season standings, which still has to matter. The third game uh, today will happen tonight, and it's a big one in Group E, especially if you're a fan of one of these other third-place teams that you know kind of are competing for a uh, spot to advance in the knockout stage. It's the Red Bulls and FC Cincinnati. Both of them right now, after two games, stand at three points. The same three points as a lot of other teams that are competing for these spots, right? Now, this is just for second and third place in the group. We know Atlanta has already lost, so they've got no chance. At least one of these teams will go through. They are still on three points. So if one of these teams wins, they get to six. They're automatically through. But more interestingly, if one of these teams wins, that means another team will lose. So they will stay at three points. And then we're talking about goal differential. FC Cincinnati is already at minus three for their goal differential, which is behind NYCFC, behind the Montreal Impact. So this is a game that a lot of those third place teams will be looking for. And right now is the Red Bulls that are pretty much money. So FC Cincinnati, who are plus 250, if they lose and stink a little bit, a lot of these other third place teams will be taking notice. And if you are NYCFC, if you are the Montreal Impact, as long as you can avoid a draw, you're happy. Right. Because, of course, a draw gets both of those teams to four points, which would then leave them uh, certainly ahead of those two teams. Now, the easiest yep. scenario, as you've mentioned there, is the Red Bulls winning. But that's not the only way. If Cincinnati goes out there and does pick up the full three points, if they just even win by one goal, the Red Bulls come back with a minus two goal differential. You then that means Montreal impact on their minus one would now pretty much would now be guaranteed to move forward because they would have right. the edge up on then NYCFC as well as then what would be the Red Bulls. But also, right. depending on how the game plays out, NYCFC could actually stay ahead of the Red Bulls. The Red Bulls have actually only scored one goal so far mm -hmm. in the MLS's back tournament. And if they lose one nothing to Cincinnati, the next tiebreaker would be goals scored. And NYCFC's two goals actually would have them ahead of the Red Bulls as well. Again, the easiest scenario right. here is for the Red Bulls to take out Cincinnati. You don't have to think about it anymore. But there's a couple other avenues here. The draw is a utter disaster for these teams. And it does beg the question, if you're the Red Bulls knowing that a draw keeps you not just moving forward, but you get to stay in second. And if you're Cincinnati, a draw gets you to the next round. It makes me wonder kind of how risky, how dangerous these two teams might be entering this game. I think if you look at the over-under of two-and-a-half goals, Dane, under two-and-a-half goals is plus 116. I think that might be an interesting way to approach this game. Yeah, I like that, Kev, because here's the thing, right? Regardless, if a team scores, right, whoever it is, right, when they go up one nothing, you have to believe 
that that team is going to automatically start putting all 11 behind the ball, start playing very tight, start, in essence, parking mm-hmm. the bus. Because then they know they're up one nothing. even then if they concede in a very defensive kind of formation, that gets them the 1-1, and that still will get them guaranteed to be through to the knockout stage, as you mentioned, with four teams getting to the four points, right? So once you're at one nothing, you're good to go. And so I can see that happening big time as well. I just hope the Red Bulls that get up one nothing. It's so weird for an NYC FC fan, especially one named Dane Martinez who loves the draw. Meanwhile, the draw is the one <laughs> thing that... And as you know, as an NYC fan, it's a very odd situation to have to cheer for the rival Red Bulls. But this does happen every now and then. We're going to see some interesting things. Also, by the way, in that Toronto-New England game uh, yesterday, 9 a.m. game, did you see that Josie Altidore once again did not start? He got in later on in the game, but his stand is real. He ain't trying to play that early in the morning. Yeah, I, I got I got to respect that move from uh, from Josie trying to keep it consistent. But you saw him come on and instantly look dangerous. Toronto yeah. is a team that I'm really looking at as we would advance to the group stage. I, I think when that bracket is set, you know, whenever you get a bracket, you're going to start to draw it out and kind of see what you sure. you think you might come away with. Toronto might be a team that I could see uh, really is live to win this entire tournament. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Toronto looks good. I think LAFC, even without Vela, looks like an offensive firehouse. And then the Columbus crew found something. Darlington, Nagby, Jossie Zardis, and the crew advancing to the knockout. Now, for news, we go to and Stratford. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. In Major League Baseball, the start of the Major League season is coming this weekend and the Toronto Blue Jays have found a new home. Hazel May of MLB Network reporting that the Blue Jays have been told they'll play their home games at PNC Park in Pittsburgh in 2020. The Blue Jays will not be able to play in Toronto after the city ruled the MLB games would not be allowed in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. In some exhibition scores from Tuesday night, the Houston Astros beat up on the Kansas City Royals 15-6. Those are the Washington Nationals beating Baltimore 6-4 in eight innings. Cincinnati beat Detroit 9-7. Atlanta topped Miami 10-9. Toronto beat Boston 8-6. J.D. Martinez did have a homer in that one for the Boston Red Sox. And the Dodgers beat the Angels 6-4. Albert Pujols had a homer in the seventh in for the losing Angels. In the NBA, Clippers guard Patrick Beverly left Orlando on Tuesday night to address an emergency personal matter and he intends to rejoin the team in the future. That's according to league sources over at ESPN.com. The already shorthanded Clippers now lose 
Beverly from Orlando. Matrizel Harrell had an excused absence for a family emergency. If Beverly continues to be tested regularly while he's away and return negative results, he will have to quarantine for four days when he returns to the NBA's campus near Orlando. If he isn't tested, Beverly could be subject to up to two weeks of quarantine. Marvin Bagley's right foot injury will keep him out of the entire restart of the NBA season in Orlando, although he is expected to make a full recovery. Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz won't play in Wednesday's scrimmage for the Orlando Magic. Isaac still dealing with his knee injury. Fultz dealing with COVID-19. And in the NFL, according to a report on ESPN.com from Dan Graziano, if and when NFL training camps open next week as currently scheduled, team rosters will include a maximum of 80 players as opposed to the usual 90 in an effort to help enforce social distancing measures in team facilities. This is according to sources who were on an NFL PA players call Tuesday night discussing details of the league's latest proposal on coronavirus protocols. Sources also said to Dan Graziano and other reporters, the NFL and the union officially agreed Tuesday to the league's plan to drop all preseason games for the 2020 season. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Thanks, Dan, for all the- a lot of NBA news, Kevin. We're going to get to that in a second. But first, we have to look at what's going on across the pond. You know, we love to cover the football and in the best league in the world, the EPL. We've got a couple of games today, one of which with two teams near the top of the table. Liverpool has already clinched the EPL title, but they play Chelsea today. What about motivation here in these spots, Kev? You know, I always think about this. Liverpool has a lot of it locked up. They are still plus 105 favorites. Yes, you could be plus money and still a favorite with the triple line in soccer. Liverpool plus 105, Chelsea plus 240. Talk to me about what you see in this one. Is this one where you're going to wait for the 11th to come out to see if Liverpool is truly putting their best foot forward? And I I expect Liverpool to do just that. Now, this is a really fascinating game here for a number of reasons. Liverpool's going to enter this game. They're actually going to have the Premier League uh, trophy presentation. They, of course, have already clinched. They are at the top of the table. Chelsea, you know, in every sense of the word, need to win this game to, you know, keep themselves atop or in comfortable positioning to stay with inside the top four. They are a point up on Leicester with a game in hand, but they're only a point up on United, who will be playing today as well. Playing Liverpool is no easy task. Here's the interesting thing. You have to ask yourself, would you really be able to get Liverpool at home, at plus money, under any normal circumstances? Right. I think absolutely not. I think absolutely not. The extra motivation for Chelsea, I understand. I totally get that. They have way more to play for than Liverpool. But there are two things to me that are working against them. First of all, Liverpool just lost their last game. They lost to Arsenal. And this team losing twice in a row is not something that I would be betting on. Secondly, Dane, and more importantly, Chelsea was playing on Sunday. Chelsea had to play in that FA Cup semifinal game. Now, they were able to rest Christian Pulisic in that game, but that's about it. They are gonna. They were out there because, you know, the FA Cup does matter to these clubs mm-hmm. in the Premier League quite a bit, but they were playing on Sunday. So Liverpool has a full week of rest, a full week mm. of focus on this game off of a loss. The only option for me here is to back a plus-money Liverpool side that's playing at Anfield. No, I like that. You know, you're making the point about the FA Cup, right? And so that's that game in between there. So, yes, Chelsea, you know, maybe 
uh, stuck in wind a little bit more. Liverpool rested and, you know, the team that is the EPL champions plus money. Sure. Sign me up. There's another game where it doesn't expect to be as close in the EPL today. You got Man United going off as a huge favorite. Minus 450 right now against West Ham. Yeah, so this is a, a much different situation here. Now, yes, United played on Sunday, but they're playing West right. Ham, who's currently sat 16th in the table. And West Ham is hot if, if a team that's 16th in the table could be hot. They beat up on Norwich 4-0. They beat Watford 3-1, but Norwich is 20th out of 20 in the table. And Watford is actually right now in the relegation zone as well uh, on 34 points. With For West Ham, they've created the separation. They are through. That's not to say they're not going to go out there and they're not going to give it their all. They absolutely are. And Antonio is an absolute beast who's going to can try and put pressure on this Manchester United team. But anything other than three points for Manchester United would be a complete shock. But minus 450 is still a lot to be laid. Over three and a half goals is plus 116. Usually, we, we like a little bit more juice. Uh, at least I do when it comes to over three and a half goals. But one area, Dane, where we've kind of backed this United side a couple of times, and, and it's been okay to us, as in trying to pick out who's going to score and then pairing that with the Manchester United win. Anthony Marshall and Marcus Rashford are both minus 125 to score and United to win. They both seemingly have that focus in them right now to put goals on the back of the net. I do not mind that one bit. And the one name that I've mentioned every single time we've talked about the Wincast prop, I will mention again, is Bruno Fernandez. Somewhat understandably, maybe came back to earth in their past couple of games here and hasn't gotten on the score sheet. You'd have to think it's almost inevitable, though, that he finds the back of the net again. Um, and he actually did that in the FA Cup game. He, you know, Again, that's one of the benefits of him being the penalty taker. Uh, at plus 120, I think even Bruno Fernandez is interesting. And keep in mind, you can hit a couple of these because over three and a half goals is favored. United's favored to win, right? So they're expected to get probably you know at least three goals in this game. So you can pick your three favorite guys here and have a pretty good shot and maybe even cash in two of the three. No, that's interesting. One thing I usually do, Kevin, I like to bounce off when I see big favorites, especially in soccer, is I look to the halftime result, right, to see if mm -hmm. I can get a little count in terms of juice. And I think we can here, as you mentioned, and we have up there, Man U is minus 450 to win this game, right? But at halftime, the halftime result, Kevin, if you think they're going to score, maybe they get it done early. Kevin, it's minus 175 at halftime. That's yeah. a lot better. Then minus 450. You think they could score early and get up and try to put it away early? Can I interest you in the minus 175 halftime result for Man U? Absolutely. And I think I think it's a I I, I love that strategy. I, I think it's something that you can use throughout sports to try and lower your numbers and, and make things a lot easier on you and hopefully get in and get out. Because the thing is, if you lost that bet, right, Dane, if you're somebody who's you know willing to, depending on obviously your bankroll and your unit size, but you can come back in if you've lost that bet on United at what is going to be a better number, regardless than that full halftime number. You just It's not going to be minus 450 if it's a draw, especially or if West Ham are up. And as well, something that you've talked about is even parlaying the halftime result with a total. And if you go over two and a half goals, right, 
which is a mm. pretty big number of minus 235. Pair that with the United to win at half at minus 175. You get yourself a little plus money. So I, I think that's well pointed out by you, and I think it could be a nice approach to this United game. Kevin, that's what we do here on the early line. We give you the edge on sports grid. Sometimes the collaborative thinking is good. It doesn't wind up with us <laughs> arguing back and forth. We could be on the same side. We could figure it out together. And that's when you all need to click submit in bright and early in the morning. But Kev, we turn our attention now to the NBA. Dan Stratford mentioned it in the update. Uh, Bagley Jr., right? He's a big-time post player for the Sacramento Kings, former Duke standout. He gone for the rest of the restart, right? We heard about his foot, the MRI. We didn't know if he was okay. Um, he's going to miss the entire restart. And I've got to ask it to you in this way, Kev. There's been a number of other teams where we've talked about not one player, but the cumulative effect of multiple players, right? In L.A., we talked yeah. about Bradley Ando with the Bucks, you know, Coddington and Bledsoe. We don't know about the long-term kind of impact. Well, Bagley's going to miss this for Sacramento. A while ago, Kev, uh, maybe a, two weeks ago, right? The Kings were one of those teams that had multiple players test positive for the coronavirus. Now, I know we got the zero out of 346, and that is very good, too. But the Kings are dealing with people. Buddy Heald was one. Alex Len, another center, right? So Bagley and Len. Um, Jabari Parker as well. Tell me, what do you think about not only Bagley being gone, but is there any kind of cumulative effect of some of these players Maybe they're back with the team. I don't know about their ramp up, if they're going to be kind of 100% and ready to go. But I stare at the Sacramento Kings win total at three and a half. The over has heavy love at plus 170. Um, are these kind of dicks and cuts to the Kings enough for you to uh, lose faith in their over number? What's the impact of Badley being gone? Yeah, it's interesting. Marvin Bagley has the pedigree that you mentioned, right? Number two overall pick out of Duke. He's not played much this year, though. Like, And that's not to say that that means he's a bad player, but when you kind of look at the team that they've been all year long, Marvin Bagley isn't necessarily somebody that would dictate how you're perceiving this team. He's played 13 games all season long, right? So that's obviously not like he's been out there and been a massive contributor. But you'd rather him out there than not, right? He's, there's still talent to, and, and areas where you'd like to think he can contribute. Now, that plus 170 number, though, has been unchanged from this hmm. Marvin Bagley news. It's sat there where we have seen a, a minor switch. The Sacramento Kings were, again, they they were at 1.3 point favorites. Some De'Aaron Fox news came out that we covered here on the show, and his status for this opening game against the San Antonio Spurs is up in the air. That moved it to two points. We've now taken another half point off that number. The Sacramento Kings are now only point and a half favorites over the Spurs. After this Marvin Bagley news, and it is fair to ask, now Len's been cleared, Buddy Heald should be fine, but Harrison Barnes' status up in the air, no Marvin Bagley, Yaron Fox's status up in the air as well. It's a tough spot here. King Spurs, I think it's fair to say this is a very, very difficult game to be betting on now at this point, really until we figure out who's going to be starting. Because if you're trying to back the Spurs, well, you've lost juice here, right? You've lost juice right. from when it was three points. Probably wait it out and see how this progresses. And if you want to back the Kings, I think it, I think you'd be rushing it, really, to bet a game that's going to take place on the 31st, Whether when you don't know if 
De'Aaron Fox is going to be on the court. Yeah, so remember, the Kings here, you know, it could be death by a thousand cuts for them, right, Kev? You know, and that's why we talk about the cumulative effect. Bagley himself may not be this stud, but we've talked about this, right, Kevin? It's going to be a war of attrition on some level, right? It's going to be like last team left standing here, whether it's people getting injured, whether it's people testing positive, whether it's people leaving the bubble for family emergencies and having to come back. You know, life still continues. Injuries happen, and we are seeing that. I want to talk about a case where that happened for a team that I personally think is my choice to win the NBA title. And we're going to have to talk about the impact there. And also a slim down Nikola Jokic. I want to get your thoughts on. We'll do that when we get back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line right here on Sports Grid. Kevin Walsh and Dane Martinez putting the punt in functional sports content. And, Kev, I got to ask you about this. You know, because on social media, someone was asking about you looking fit, looking trim, looking dry, getting your 10000 <laughs> That's the case. What does that mean for Nikola Jokic? Okay, I don't know if this is coronavirus weight he's lost, but before the pandemic, there was talk that Jokic was a little pudgy, was not as fry as he could be in the post. And Kevin, the NBA game right now, right? We got seven-footers shooting three-pointers, whether you're, you know, the unicorn, whether you're the Lopez brothers, right? It is a stretch game these days. Jokic is one of the few kind of traditional post players, but he's such a skilled big man as a passer, you know, even with the ball in his hands. But one of the big news now that Jokic has joined the team in the bubble is that he's down something like 40 pounds, Kevin. Talk to me about the impact you think on Jokic's game. Is this actually better for him in the 2020 NBA? And I got to wonder, what do you think of the Nuggets' chances? I know you think it's LALA out west, but this Nuggets team has had their core together for years. Murray and Jokic are a legitimate one-two threat. And, you know, they got guys like Millsap as well. Talk to me about the potential for this Nuggets team, especially if Jokic, you know, has a little bit more gas in the tank these days now that he's trimmed down. Yeah, I mean, look, skinny Jokic is um, is cool to see. He has somewhat proved, though, that you really can never seemingly please people. Um, yeah. Because, you know, it goes from, oh, that he has no cardio to, oh, he's lost all his weight and now he's going to be bullied in the pain. It's like, oh, boy, you, like, we got we to gotta pick one here. But and what five conference really can bully him? Like, I see Anthony Davis is more of a stretch guy, right? Montrez Harrell isn't, you know, a seven-footer. He's 6'9". You know, the Rockets, they don't even employ a big man. P.J. Tucker plays yeah. their five. You know, so, like, really, how much does that matter? Is he going to get banged by Steven Adams and that's about it? Look, and I mean, ultimately, like, 
AD will 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 be in the post. The question is because that's, like the size is you know they, they have the size. It's more about does he have the quickness, and that's will be the interesting thing because even his cardio, I think, sometimes has been unfairly criticized. Like go back and watch the game against the Blazers that went like fifteen overtimes deep. He's out there on minute fifty, like still right. you know getting the job done for that team. So I, I think the the big question is more so his quickness than anything if he was potentially switched out onto the perimeter. Look, the big thing for this team, Dane, is how they're going to contend against the two L.A. teams. They played them uh, both within that last month of the season. Um, They had a game against the Lakers. It was a close game, but the Lakers got the job done in overtime, and the Lakers looked like they somewhat had their number um, Hmm. each and every time. They played, and then they had another matchup against the Clippers, where they came up against you know the Clippers, where it looked like they were somewhat hitting their stride, hitting their peak, and the Clippers blitzed them in Denver, winning by 29 points. Here's the, the benefit, I guess, for them is no team seemingly needed this break more than hmm. the Clippers. Like they just were finding themselves treading water, if you will. I think it was a six and five close in their last eleven games, something in that, or five and six rather in their last eleven games. They needed a break. It just seemed like to just try and reset the deck. I wouldn't pick them against any of the LA teams. I think they're a tricky matchup for the Rockets if we do get that mm. more so than people would give them credit. And by the way, that's probably going to be somewhat historic. I think if we got Nuggets Rockets at a, as a three six matchup. What? Because the six will be favored in the matchup. With the home court pulled away, I think the Rockets get favored over the Nuggets in that game or in that series on a series price. But Jokic, you know, again, you just talked about it, right? The skinniness, who cares? It's going to be by far the biggest dude on the court if he goes up against mm-hmm. the Rockets. It'll be one of the yeah. more fascinating potential matchups. No, they're not my pick to come out of the West. I think the LA teams have both proven to be very, very difficult for them. But, right. you know, if they get a little help else, elsewhere, could they get to themselves at least to the conference finals? Of course they could. Fair enough. You know, you mentioned about uh, the cardio of Nikolai Jokic. You know, it's tough. He's playing half his games in thin air, Kev. You know what I mean? So that's yep. not like right there. I, I don't think I've ever, you know, uh, pressed you on this, Kev. If I asked you to take L.A. out of it, right, no Clippers, no Lakers, who is, in your opinion, the third best team in the West. Is it this Denver Nuggets squad? Is it the Houston Rockets? Do you believe that Portland now as a full team with uh, Yusuf Nurkic as well? Are they that team to be dangerous? You know, kind of that. Who are the L.A. teams worried about? Who do they not want to see? Who's that third best team in the West in Europe? It is the Rockets. I, at least that's certainly the answer that they would give you as to who they're not looking to see. Because James Harden is a top five player in the NBA and Westbrook is, uh, you know, on any given night has the ability to be the best player on the court. And the way they spread people, the way they shoot three, um, they're going to have an opportunity. Here's the thing about the Rockets. And we saw this play out actually with the Rockets when they made this change to the variance approach, Dane, is that they have the ability to beat anybody. And they proved that when they beat the Lakers, right, in L.A. But also, i just pull you back to how this team finished up 
the regular season. They lost. They had a four. They, they won the last game before shutdown against the Timberwolves. They lost four games in a row, four in a row, to the Knicks, the Clippers, mm. the Hornets, and mm. a twenty-point loss to the Magic. Hey, Sounds like a lot what of are you? What is that? Like, and it's because of the variance. If they're not, if the threes aren't landing, they're not switching anything up. They're just going to keep bombing them away. And again, that's the approach that they're taking, but it makes them vulnerable. They can be beat by literally anybody. They can beat, though, literally anybody. That's the decision that they've tried to make, but that's why I worry a little bit about backing them because the Rockets have always been priced as the third best team in the West, probably fourth or fifth best team in the NBA. And I don't know if I'm that comfortable with all of the variants that they bring to the table, but they are probably the most feared team outside of the two L.A. teams when it comes to the West. Yeah, I think you say it right, right, Kevin? That's the thing about variance, right, on any given day. You know, I told you that in Major League Baseball, my, my guy Joe Ranieri behind the scenes will know when we were talking about baseball, I'd say the most important question of the day is what would the wind be doing at Wrigley? If it was blowing out, I'm taking the over. If it's blowing in, I'm taking the under. I think, Kev, I can almost ask you a similar question. Like, did the Rockets go 40% from three-point land? If they did, no. I'll show you a rock that probably won the game. I don't care who their opponent was, but if they're shooting 24%, which they are liable to do on any given night, then as you mentioned, the Knicks, the Hornets, other also-rans can get it done against them. But I think they have accurately decided that, like, you know, Kev, like, that's their only shot, right? They've got to shove in on this because it can get the job done. To your point, will it happen four out of seven times, though? That is a very different question. So in the West, everybody thinks it's going to be L.A., L.A. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you lean a little bit more team Lakers. I lean a little bit more team Clippers. But we do have news on one of the Clippers' studs, Patrick Beverly. And Beverly, you know, the box score may not light it up. He's not going to lead the team in scoring, but he's going to piss everyone off he's going to be in the back pocket of whoever is having the ball for the opponent a very important player part of the reason i believe the clippers are you know my favorite here kev is because they have mm. nothing but way players and patrick beverly is certainly one of them when you think Kawhi, when you think paul george when you think you know uh the morris brother that they just got these are guys that can play on both sides but patrick beverly has left the Orlando bubble, okay? And so I want to ask you about not only the short-term impact, but the longer-term impact here. Because, Kev, as Dan Stratford said in the update, he's going to continue to get tested while he's away from the bubble, right? If mm -hmm. he tests negative the entire time, he still has to miss four days before rejoining the team. However, if he does not have a string of negatives, then that isolation can go as long as the full two weeks and 14 days. So we're definitely talking about some time, even when he gets back into the bubble. We don't know exactly how much. We don't know exactly how long it takes him for, you know, again, to get back into the habits, get back into the shape and be ready to go. What do you think the impact is here for the Clippers? Especially, I know they come right out the gate with that big time matchup against the Lakers. And that's the biggest thing is that is that opening matchup with the Lakers. That game as well being on the Thursday means that he has to be back by Sunday 
And again, that would mean that he's going to miss the entirety of their preseason. Are they going to really want to push this? Montrezl Harrell is also currently away from the team. And if you look at it, the Lakers and the Clippers line has not budged. Now, here's a little bit of friendly advice. The Lakers are minus a point. It's minus 110. And the money line, they're minus 108. So the spread's out. Move that to the side. Minus 108 both sides here. It's a straight pick em. It's a hard game to break down, Dane, because we just don't know how much these two teams are going right. to push for this game. It's the first game back. There's a lot up right. in the air. Now, the Lakers could, and again, they're going to be the one seed because it would be a, an utter collapse for them not to be. They're going to be the one seed, but they pretty much could lock the whole thing up with this opening win here against the Clippers. But if now all of a sudden the Clips are going to be without Patrick Beverly and maybe Montrezl Harrell as well, then this shouldn't be a pick It can't be a pick And if you wanted to find an edge on a game that's very, very difficult to find an edge on, considering it's the tightest game on the board, it's the only flat pick on the board, then you got to back the Lakers right now because Patrick Beverly, a starter, and Montrezl Harrell might as well be a starter, are not going right. to be there for this Clippers team potentially to get things underway. You know, and I hear everything you said, Kevin, and I don't disagree, but here's where it just gets to be such a cluster F. You know, we've talked about this in the NFL and stuff because you're right. Montrez Harrell, he's one of the favorites for six man of the year. I just told you about how much, how important I think Patrick Beverly is. That's one side, availability. We also, though, already know, Kev, on the other side, there will be no Rajon. There will be no Avery Bradley, right? So how do those things stack up against each other? And quite frankly, we still don't know because this game is, you know, a week and a half out. It's possible that we're going to hear more people in terms of their availability. Who's going to pull their hamstring in these scrimmages? You know, the Clippers play Orlando in one of the scrimmages today at 3 o'clock. You know, we're going to have like the 10-minute quarters and stuff. But I honestly don't know how to Montrezl Harrell and potentially Beverly on one side versus Rondo and Bradley on the other. You know, it's going to be very interesting to see six of one, half dozen of the other. I think the reason, though, why you could back the Lakers and at least feel okay about it is this line represents Pat Bev and Harold being there. So if they're there, then they're there. But if okay. we end up finding out that they're both going to miss this game, you will have gotten the value. And for sometimes, for, for betters, Dane, that's what they just want to prioritize. They've beaten that number, and they can at least then right. feel good about their bet as they head into it. Yeah, I hear that. You definitely want to get the best number. As many times before, Kev, especially in this context, it is such a fluid situation. So get ahead of the number at your own. We come back. A lot of things are up in the air in the NFL. But one thing that's not what I did about talk about it more. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back, everybody, to the early line here on Sports Grid. Kevin and I going around the world of sports trying to figure out how to make some money off of it. That LA-LA game, which will start us off and tip off the NBA restart, is going to be very interesting. We still need to see who will be available. But, Kevin, I wanted to tell you, I got excited because I saw the trailer for Hard Knock yesterday on all this stuff up in the air with the NFL season. We don't know how many game, preseason games we're going to play. We don't know what the testing protocols all we know is hashtag we want to play, and I want to watch hard not, Kev. But I have so many questions about this. First of all, a highlight of hard not is the preseason games, right? And going behind the scenes and having all the cameras and audio of the preseason games. It doesn't look like we're going to have any preseason games, Kev. But it does become a very good year that HBO decided to pick not one but two teams to profile just so that they can get enough content if hmm. two teams out now with a new stadium it'll be the chargers and the rams being profiled on hard knocks when i heard just the music and the kind of sprinkler systems on the empty field and stuff for the trailer i got excited it started in a couple of weeks i'll say though i mean yeah they'd love to have preseason i mean look we'd all rather things be normal but in terms of like interest preseason games are going behind the scenes of two nfl teams during a pandemic yeah the latter is a little bit more interesting i think than figuring <laughs> out if the the guy that they picked who's man 72 can find his way on the 53-man roster. Like, it's going to be really interesting, assuming we are going to be getting um, all of this, just to see how this plays out. It, it is also interesting that they're going to allow like more bodies around That's true. them trying to negotiate the space and how right. you know they figured out. Because here's the other thing as well. Now... It'll be on video if they're not being socially distanced, if they're not following right. protocols. So that's also a tricky, you know, a little bit of a slippery slope, potentially. Yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting. We're going to see testing. I also thought about it with no season games for the rest of the league. Chargers and Rams guys who get cut will at least have some exposure, you know, and other teams may see them, see them on tape, them up more than other guys we don't get to see in preseason games of Major League and now in a really live. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.